The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After macing the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to the land of Genseret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they may touch only the tassel on his cloak. As many as touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. Well, it's in this um, part of the Old Testament, this book of Kings, that really it's so important that we understand what's going on because it seems to set the stage and answer a lot of questions that we try to figure out in the New Testament with what Jesus is, is doing. Um, so I just want to paint the picture of where we are, kind of like the last episode um, in the series uh, back on Saturday. Um, we read that Solomon asked for wisdom. God says, what do you want? And Solomon says, wisdom. And that really pleased God. And he says, I'll give you a heart so wise and understanding that there has never been anyone like you up to now, and after there will come no equal to you. In addition, I give you what you have not asked for, such riches and glory that among kings there is not your like. Well, we've missed part of this because we've jumped ahead uh, a little bit in the readings, but if we were to open up our Bibles, we would, we would start to see this listening heart uh, that Solomon got. You might recall the um, incident where the two women were arguing over a baby, whose was it? And Solomon says, well, let's cut it and have it, give it to each of you. And the real mother said, no, I could never do that. And so then Solomon knew who the real mother was. And in the land, they, they've never heard such wisdom. The next few chapters are about the riches of Solomon. Just, he was the richest king on earth. No one else came close. His renown was everywhere. And he decides to build the temple. It'd take him 13 years, and that's laid out in this book of Kings. And that brings us to this day when we're done. And we want God to come and dwell, and so he does. God comes, and it's uh, in this very end, the, the, uh, the Lord, the cloud comes in, and it really pushes out the priest. It's filling up the temple. What a glorious sign. But I think it's at this point, at the end of our reading, that something dramatic happens. 
Solomon says, the Lord intends to dwell in the dark cloud. I have truly built you a princely house and a dwelling where you may abide forever. I. Solomon, right there. I. I did this. Now he has uh, a few more good years, uh, about 20 as I research this. Uh, on Saturday, it re- or on this Thursday with our reading, it really kind of comes to an end. Uh, his selfishness and uh, his focus on all these riches and um, he loses sight on God. But this I have built Really, to me, it seems like a turning point of the glory that God promised. And now God has to do something different. Uh, This takes us to our gospel reading today. Um, And I think what's so important is the disciples were always a little bit confused on well, you're the son of God. I kind of expect you to follow on in Solomon's footsteps. Greatness, glory, riches, armies, power. Jesus has a different story. It confounds the, the disciples. So here Jesus is. <clears throat> he gets to Genesaret, which means the prince's garden. The garden, this fertile land, but it's a garden. You know, it's interesting, he comes and he's healing. We think about a garden that produces flowers. There's work being done. There's pruning being done. There's, there's all kinds of effort to produce the beauty, but it's a lot of effort. And that's what we see Jesus doing. He comes on the scene healing, working. That's the riches of the kingdom. Uh, in a book that this group that I'm in, we read, the, it's by Peter Kreeft, and it's uh, Making Sense of Suffering. In it, he says, the world that we see We think it's for our enjoyment. It's a soul manufacturing facility. A soul manufacturing facility. It produces character. It's a garden. But there's work pruning. It's not for us to walk through and enjoy the flowers. It's for us. We're the flowers and we need to be pruned. That's, that's what the garden is, and that's what Jesus has come to do, to heal us. And healing takes work, and it's painful, because we have things that we need to get rid of. Uh, it was, this isn't a surprise. In Ezekiel, several hundred years after Solomon, God says through Ezekiel, I myself will come and tend and deliver and pasture and give rest. I myself 
That's Jesus. I myself, God coming. He's going to do it himself, and he's going to heal. We're going to get new hearts. So how do we see that today? Well, in many ways, it's the sacraments. Those are all for us to be healed as we go through them. Sacraments just don't happen once and we're done. They're all there to lay the foundwork for change as we go through them. And I think about holy orders, especially with Father Sudeep this morning, when he raises that host up, we see his hands, but it's not really his hands. We hear his voice, it's not really his voice. It's I myself, it's God. It's God working through the ordination of Father Sudeep. I will do this, I'm doing this. That's what Jesus is showing when he goes to this garden, this area, and he's healing. It's a beautiful story, but we have to understand the Old Testament because we quickly want to see the luxuries and the world we live in and enjoy it, but what a great reminder as we were read today. It's a soul-making factory. It's a garden where we're producing more and more beautiful flowers, but it takes a lot of work. Let's offer our petitions. Provocation.